Welcome to the Let That Go Show with Kasira McKee and Richard Skipper. This show is based on Kasira's book, Let That Go, where she guides people in completely blessing and releasing people, places, and all kinds of things. Kasira and Richard share personal insights and experiences based on concepts in Kasira's book with guests and you, their co hosts. Are you ready to let that go? Let's go. Hello, Kasira. Hey, baby. Hi, everybody. Hello there. I am so thrilled that you're here tonight. Um, First of all, who or what are you celebrating tonight? Myself. Uh, (laughs) I'm celebrating you. (laughs) And you, because we've talked a lot. You and and my friends that watch the show. But also, I'm celebrating the life of, of Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Um, a 70-year monarch man. You can't beat that with a stick, can you? And uh, I'm telling everybody, it's time to let that go. And it's time to accept the new. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, and I'm glad that you started there tonight before we go into talking about anger. Because I was thinking about this not too long ago. Uh, I think how lucky this woman was that she lived to be 97. Yeah. She served six, for over six. Seven, 96. Yeah. Uh-huh. She served uh-huh. over 70 years uh, as the monarch uh, and uh, so many changes in the world. Right. But someone said that she, you know, why I think she resonated with so many people around the world is mm-hmm. that she was a constant it was like she was always there. We always knew that she was there. And that was something that everyone held on to. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of someone who has lived that long, um, and I feel that she served her purpose, she gave so much to the world, her gifts will continue to go on long after she's gone, mm-hmm. and she will continue to be talked about and to be celebrated uh, as life goes on. Mm-hmm. And then there are people whose lives are cut so short. Uh, just last week, someone that booked me in Provincetown a few years ago uh, passed away at the age of 62. Wow. I'm 62 in February. That's young. And that's young. And yeah. that's young. And at 62, I have done a lot, but I... On the other hand, I feel like I've yet to begin to live my life. I really oh, I, I, I think that's normal. That's the new normal. I think people our age, a lot of people feel that way. Well, that person's done that, but I haven't done this. I haven't done this. So there must be something wrong with me. No, we cannot compare ourselves to others, period. We just can't do it. Which is, it, that's, that's a death sentence to compare yourself to somebody else. Absolutely. And uh, that is one thing that I have had a habit of and trying to break that. And that's going to take us into our subject tonight. But before we go there, I want to acknowledge uh, three remarkable people before we start tonight. May I do that? Mm-hmm. First of all, they are our sponsors, and I okay. am so excited uh, that they uh, have taken upon themselves to sponsor all of our shows, not only tonight, but throughout the week. First of okay. all, EMC Studios uh, in Dumont, uh, New Jersey. That's mm-hmm. Aaron Caleb. Uh, so if you have friends out there who are... Uh, you know, just starting out the business, wanting to be a singer, or someone late in life who wants to be a singer, uh, please consider the EMC Studios in, uh, all of the information will be on at the very end of this show. Uh, Look at that. Also, Deborah Stone, uh, who you you and I both know very well. Thank Um, you, Deborah. Thank uh, you, Erin. Yeah. She is sponsoring this, and Erin will be at the Laurie Beachman Theater uh, in New York, if you are able to be in New York uh, on mm-hmm. the 9th uh, and you're able to of October and you're mm-hmm. able to attend her show, by all means, do so. And if you're able to get to New York the very next night, uh, our next uh, sponsor is Kurt Peterson, who, of course, was in The Baker's Wife. And was, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, really? Thank you, Kurt. Wow, uh, that's a big one. In uh, the revival of uh, West Side Story on Broadway. Thank you, Kurt. 
and so many other phenomenal shows. Mm-hmm. And not only are they sponsoring us, but all of you out there, please take a moment to thank them. And if you're able to help them out in any way by spreading the word, by what they're doing, supporting them in any way you can, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. You just keep right. paying it forward. And I want to take the moment to thank them all and thank you all for being here tonight. And we're going to talk about anger. Well, my goodness, what is there not to talk about anger? <laughs> you know, during the pandemic, you, you and I had a lot of conversations about angry people. During the pandemic, as we all know, the vexed people were angry at the unvexed people. The unvexed people were angry at the vexed people. It was a huge war and there was a lot of anger during the pandemic. Now we're beyond it. Um, do you think so? I'm going, to, I'm going to share something personal. I do know people who were unvaxxed and ended up in the hospital for months Then that then wished they had gotten vaxxed. And they're no longer mad at people like me for getting vaxxed. However, we've got other, other kinds of anger swirling around in our nation, swirling around on the planet. And I find that, you know, during the p- pandemic, I just, you know, being the person that I am, I said, okay, you don't want to get vaxxed? It's fine. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. You know, if you don't want to do something like this, fine. Uh, I'm going to get vaxxed. And if you don't like it, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate you. I don't. However, there was a very dear friend of mine I wouldn't let into my home thereafter who refused to get vaxxed. And then several months later, she contacted me and said, okay, I read the statistics and not that I'm, listen, people, not that I'm addicted to being right about this. Okay. Yet she, you know, contacted me and she said, uh, okay, um, I got vaxxed so I could work and now I get it. And I'm like, okay, fine. But you know, that wasn't, I'm still your friend. And I invited her into my home and I would go to her. I said, I will come to your home, but I'm going to wear a mask. If you come to my home, I'll please wear a mask. Well, she wasn't willing to do that. And she was really mad at me. And then she got over it. You know, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm the only, (laughs) I'm the only vexed person in my entire family. Just so you know, they are in Texas. I'm not, uh, except for my parents. My parents are older and they got vaxxed immediately. They were like, we're old and we're getting vaxxed. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. They've been jabbed a couple of three times. Uh, The rest of them did not get jabbed and, and I accepted it. Mm -hmm. I accepted it. Uh, It's not up to me whether people feel comfortable with it or not it's up to them yet for me to hold on to anger that people are not on my page i i can't do it's too much energy it takes too much energy to be mad at all those people and i I just i don't i don't go there i just don't go there but are people not getting vaxxed because they are making a political statement are they getting uh, are they not getting vaxxed because uh, and i would love to hear from everyone watching tonight yeah Um, tell us uh, you know but are they not getting vaxxed because it's a political statement? Are they not getting vaxxed because they are actually afraid, not knowing what it's, is it's in the both. vaccine it's both. or I've, any of these things? Because I am a real yeah. proponent of mm-hmm. when uh, my doctor or someone tells me, this is what you need to do for your own health. I am going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. I also believe that if someone chooses to make a choice for their own personal Mm -hmm. political views or whatever, that's a choice that they are making for themselves. And Mm -hmm. we live in a democracy and may we continue continue to live in a democracy. So I want Mm -hmm. to say, I respect your right to choose to not to get vaccinated. Absolutely. That being said, if someone such as Kassira says, I feel uncomfortable inviting you into my home because you have not been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Please do not get angry with her. Mm-hmm. And- or they can wear a mask. And here's the thing. It's your home. And there are people that aren't vaxxed that invite people into their homes. And, you know, it's, you know, you do what, you know, when in Rome, do what the Romans do. Uh, and I, I don't have any prejudice towards anybody about the vaccination. I don't right. have, you know, I don't have any prejudice at all. 
Um, and I and I I have heard the stories about why people aren't getting vaxxed. Mm-hmm. I know some celebrities that didn't get vaxxed. I know some celebrities that did get vaxxed. And I'm just like, okay, okay, you know. But yet beyond that, we, there's so much other, there's more anger in our, especially our country, on about so many things, about gun control, about Roe versus Wade, you know, about, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQAI rights. There's so much anger. And it and all and it all to me it all boils down to I'm, well I'm kind of getting political here I'm sorry guys uh, I apologize it all boils down to people's choices do we um, not have the do we not have the right to choose or do we not and when we choose do we have the right to live peacefully or not well it's in our country and again I'm not going to get political either uh, yeah. but we. The other party, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Democrat, and I will put it out okay. there. I'm a Democrat, okay. and if you are a Republican, that's a choice that you make, and sure, I'm not going to sure. knock you anyone for that uh, Yeah, choice. of course. Of course. But correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. the very tenant of the Republican Party, from what I've been taught my entire life, and mm-hmm. I grew up in South Carolina, folks, I babysat when I was in high school. True mm-hmm. story. I spent an afternoon taking care of Strom Thurmond's children because Strom Thurmond remarried very late in life. His wife was in her 20s and he was in his 80s and he had young children. I worked at Grand Strand Amusement Park in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and um, Mr. Parker asked me if I would spend the afternoon taking the kids on the rides in the amusement park, which I did. I did, at that time, I did not know much about Strom Thurmond and his political views or anything. I was Mm -hmm. there just to take these kids on the rides. Mm -hmm. So, but I've always been taught that the other party, the, their very tenant was a, a less government in their lives. Uh, And yet, Everything, and this is, uh, and it's it's on both sides. It's on the Democratic side and it's the Republican side uh, of getting into the lives of other people. We, what has happened in our culture, um, and this goes way beyond the last president in the White House, is, and I, this has been happening, uh, and it's been seeping into every aspect of our lives over the last. I would say 25 years, more and more, is a sense of entitlement where everyone feels it's me, me, me instead of the bigger picture. And when you think of only me, 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 um, when you think of only me, me, me uh, instead of the bigger picture, Doug says, I thought you weren't getting political. I'm not yeah, I saw political. that. Doug, I, Doug, I, hang on, hang on. I'm not getting let it, political. Let it finish. Let I'm it finish. just talking about the bigger picture mm-hmm. of respecting everybody's viewpoints. That's what I'm. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going with this. Okay. That you have to be able to be open-minded, and I believe that if people openness, openness. Oh. But I believe that if people, mm-hmm. um, first of all, I lead a very full life. Um, mm-hmm. My husband and I both lead very full lives. Mm -hmm. And when we got married, we were the we were one of the first 100 couples in the state of New York to get married. You can look up, and we were all over the internet. We were on CNN. We were around the world, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, and as a result, we were almost like the poster children uh, for same sex marriage in uh, uh, around the world. So reporters came to our house and everyone came to our house. And as I was being interviewed, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, where I live, there, I live between two houses and there's a church across the street. And I am too busy living my life to think about what's going on in these homes on any given night. Mm-hmm. And even right now. And I can guarantee you they are not thinking about what I'm... And they're not even watching the show right now. 
they are not thinking about what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. I believe that if people would find something worthwhile to do with their lives, they would be too busy to be caught up in the busyness. Oh, well, I, I don't know about that. Well, that's, that's easy to say. I don't know about that. I think so. I, and I think that's I where do. a lot of the anger comes from. I, I think a lot of the anger comes from people being addicted to being right. And they're not able to let go of control of others. And they're not willing to see the other side. I'm the only non-Republican in my family. Mm -hmm. I am one of the few vexed people in my family. And we're still a family. Uh I do, I, I do have to say that my friends, all of my friends, people I consider my friends and people I know well and known over the years are all vaccinated. It just so happens that they are. I didn't push that on them. It was their choice. Uh, when it comes to other things like gun control, uh, Roe versus Wade, I've got people all over the map in my life. Uh, a lot of them are on my page. Some of them are not. We're still friends from a distance. I, I can't say that I have regular conversations with them because uh, some of them are really argumentative about it, which I'm not. Uh, yeah, but that's where the anger really comes out is the argumentative nature of it. Um, and it really does stem it stems from people not being willing you don't have to agree with the other side but just hear it just hear it if you know if if we're not on that page can we say okay i'm not on that page this is the way i feel and this is what i believe yet i can see where they're coming from over there and that's where they're they are over there and let's not have a war about it you know what i mean we have so I mean we have so many wars and, and going on on our planet right now. Well, I was there, there there's fighting going on on our planet that we don't even know about that the military knows about, you know, over all kinds of things. And it stems from control, it stems from being uh, addicted to being right, and it stems from and it a lot of it is anger that they're not getting certain sides are not getting everything they desire and require. They're determined to win and make sure the other person loses. And, you know, people, you guys know that I practice Nichiren Buddhism for 34 years. In Nichiren Buddhism, we always, always pray. You know, I don't like the word always, but there are exceptions. We always pray that everyone can win somehow, that everyone can win in a situation. And there, I don't, very few people are on that page. They must win or they're losing. And that's all they know. They're going to win and the other person's going to lose. And that's all they know. That's not diplomacy. Diplomacy is how can we all win? Well, I can tell everybody how they can all win. Oh, okay. Yes. By getting your book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, uh, no, seriously. Um, they, I was just reading a section in your book and, you know, it's very interesting because one of the things that you talk about in your book are the stories that we uh, continuously tell. And some of these stories, and I'm going to paraphrase, so forgive me, but yes. you talk about in your book, um, and you even ask the question, if we give these stories up, then what what's do we, left? You know, what's left? And... Mm -hmm. um, and also anger is a passion. It, it, it's a passion just as lovemaking is a passion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, there are endorphins that come from anger. Exactly. And there are certain people, and, I, and I've got a, a, a very good friend of mine, and I, I swear to God, I think, or Buddha, or whatever it is that you, uh, I swear <laughs> to the universe, yeah. uh -huh. that she thrives on pushing people's buttons because it gives her a charge. Yeah. Well, yes, but here's the thing. 
the only way that charge can find a spark is that the person on the other end is, is going for that charge as well. Exactly. You see, if they don't, if, if, if the charge doesn't create a spark, they'll hang up and call somebody else. The trick is to not give them the spark from their fuel. I have, I have an ex-friend. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. X, 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 X. That you start, I'm looking in the glossary of my book because I want to read something. That, uh, you know, uh, he used to tell stories about other people that I, people did, other people didn't even know. He couldn't wait to tell these stories. Well, she did and he did and they said and she said. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to hear these stories anymore. They have nothing to do with me. Well, I want to tell the story. Well, I don't, I don't. Why would I want to hear that story? First of all, it's negative and you're gossiping about them and mm -hmm. I don't know them. I'm not invested. So why in the world would I, do I want to hear this? I don't. Well, I want to tell, well, I, I finally got to the part where I was like, then call someone else and tell the story because I don't want to hear it. And it, they were usually negative and they were gossipy. What's the point? It's entertainment. It was an entertainment value for him. Them. And I will throw caution to the wind and believe and uh, and I first of all I know who this person is, but uh, and guess oh no there's more than one there's more than, more than well, one darling you don't know this person but I know the other person these yeah. stories were not to elevate that these people that they talked about but right. to uh, tear them down yes yeah and you're referring to my chapter on negative stories and complaining. Yes. Which is on page 148 of the book. And here's how I start that out. And it's an Abraham no, I, Hicks. No, I'm actually reading earlier than that. Um, oh, I'm, you are? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm reading. Um, What's the page? Just uh, about ownership. Just before that, uh, I was okay. reading in the late uh, uh, 60s uh, believe, uh, about beliefs. What's the page number? I'm trying to find, to find it. Okay. <laughs> um, five reasons we hold on in that section. Okay. Uh, truth, identity, uh, 62. Oh, how we identify ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a juicy, that's a juicy part of the book. And in your uh, book club, we're going to start talking about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which one was it? Because I know you read about openness and willingness. I know you did that because we talked about it recently. But um, you know, for me personally, and I'm speaking about me, I know what, uh, and I love what Natasha just uh, wrote here. She's the only anger I cannot handle is when I'm angry with myself. Oh. And, uh, and I love that, Natasha, um, because I know what my triggers are. I know the things that get under my skin that mm -hmm. are going to be my triggers. So one of the okay. things I was just reading the other day um, I just got this new journal that I just got, mm -hmm. and it's called My Best Self Journal. Ew. And, yes, and I'm just very writing in it. Uh, it. I love this color, too. And I and one of the things that I was writing about the other day, mm -hmm. and, it was, it, it, and it's very simple to do. When your phone rings or in the morning when you sit down to check your emails, um, take a deep breath and say, I know those things that are, that are going to set me off. I know what they are. And I'm just going to take a deep breath before it, when you see on the caller ID, who's mm -hmm. calling you, you know who those people are that trigger mm -hmm. you before you respond, take a deep breath and respond to it and say, no matter what happens, it's not going to trigger me today. And it makes a difference. It's a very simple thing to do. And I've been able to make it work. Good for you. And you know, what you're referring to is the reason and the chapter on five reasons we hold on on page 62, reason one, how identity, how we identify ourselves. People sometimes, uh, and I write, <laughs> I write an example. Because I've met so many people like this. Hi, I'm Monica. I've been married and divorced twice. Uh, parentheses. Both of my husbands were horrible. I got laid off from my job last year. My boss was awful. Waiting to hear that story. I had a horrible childhood. That story is really juicy. My car was hit in total last month. 
another juicy story and I've had a horrible week and this is why, you know, um, and especially when it concerns other people, we identify often sometimes, I say often and sometimes depending on the person, but we sometimes identify ourselves with negative stories about other people. And it, it really has nothing to do with this. It has to do with them, but maybe not us or the other way around. And then uh, on page 190, let me find it for you, 140 something, uh, negative, you know, on negative stories and the stories we tell in our complaining, if you let your dominant attention to be, let me start all over again. If you let your dominant intention be to revise and improve the content of the story you tell every day of your life, it is our absolute promise to you that your life will become the ever improving story for by the powerful law of attraction, the essence of that, which is like unto itself is drawn. It must be it. it that's Abraham Hicks. So we, we tell these stories about other people. We tell stories about all these other things that are so negative and often to people that are comrades that are on the same page. Yet here's the thing. If there's no resolution, what's the point? So you and I have talks about all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. Yet at the, at the end, there's a resolution. Absolutely. Okay. What are you going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? What's the answer? You know, what are we, uh, what are we going to, uh, uh, put forth towards a resolution, you know, what's, what's the resolution? Not, okay, that's crappy. Yes, that's crappy. Okay. Bye. No, we can't end it. We gotta, we gotta find a, a positive resolution for all One of the that. things that I love that you write about, uh, two things that you write about are, and the imagery is just so strong is the boomerang effect and the quicksand. And the boomerang yeah. effect is, you know, it, it's almost, and I also have this image of almost like volleyball because mm -hmm. in every single person that's watching right now, mm -hmm. I know has experienced this because every single person that is here is on and I can, I want an amen, a hallelujah, a yes uh, in response to this. You're all on Facebook. Somebody writes something negative that's either just happened to them. I just went to Starbucks and the barista behind was so nasty to me. Um, I uh, snapped at them and I gave them a quarter and said, you should be fired. And I will never go back into that Starbucks again. Mm -hmm. And I stormed out of there and I will never ever go back. And then everybody has to jump on that. Uh, almost everybody uh, has to jump on that thread to talk about their experience in a Starbucks mm -hmm. with a barista, mm -hmm. everything. Instead of hitting the delete button, why even leave that out there to go any further? Which is what I do. When I see, thank you, Cherie. When I see those comments, I don't scroll on by. I hit the hide button. You can delete it. You can hide it. You can stop it in its tracks because I don't want to see it anymore showing up in my feed. Mm -hmm. um, but there's something in human nature where a lot of people, it, it, it's like sharing in the misery, commiserating with one another. Yeah. Uh, where Everyone wants to do this. Last week, someone on Facebook posted about going to a restaurant and how miserable her experience was. And I said, well, you know, just imagine if you had gone to the waiter and said, you must be having a bad day. Is there anything I can do to make your day better? You know, I'm a member of a local foodie page here in Santa Fe. And people are constantly posting their reviews of restaurants here in the, the city. And when there are negative comments people will either chime in and say, yes, I had the same horrible experience or other people will be honest and go, you know, that's not my experience at all. Uh, I had a fantastic experience there. Here's the thing. We're human beings and we're all in this together. Human beings have rough nights sometimes. We don't know what's, what's going on with the owners. We don't know what's going on in the kitchen. We don't know what went on with the food delivery that day. 
We don't know if there's a bunch of waiters that called in sick. We don't know. We don't know what's going on there. They had a bad night. They had a bad night. You know, if it's chronic, you know, that's one thing. Yet, you know, we, we don't know what all these people had going on with their lives. I've heard, I've seen some really bad reviews of restaurants that I adore. Me too. Here, and, and, and I'm like, well, they must have had a rough night. They must have been understaffed. You know, maybe they were out of something, maybe some, you know. Uh, I don't chime in on any of those. I, I don't, I don't, I don't weigh in on any of those. I don't say, oh, really? Well, I love it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I had a terrible experience there as well. No, I just leave it alone. They can say what they want to say. They, you know, they're there. It's a free, you know, this is supposed to be a free country of freedom of speech. They can say what they like and I don't have to weigh in on it. I don't have to drag them on a chain behind my car through the desert. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't have to make them walk the plank because they said something negative about a restaurant I like. No, I don't have to do that. It's not even necessary. People are, uh, you know, able to say what they say. And if we don't like it, we don't have to say anything. We don't have to, in psychology, in psychology, one of the terms is jumping into their bodies. We don't have to jump into their body. Thank we you. Don't to, we don't have Thank to take you. on that psychology and that experience. We are who we are. We have our own body. And we have our own psychology and we don't have to jump into that. If we feel like we have to jump into that, I think that's a time for us to check ourselves. Well, Why do we them. feel compelled to do that? Why do we feel compelled to jump in there and take over their body? We don't have to do that. Somebody posted on Facebook that they went to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. I love her. I I, I love her. I, I love everything well, she she's does. Out of the show I haven't seen days. her. I haven't seen her in the show. Yet I, I adore her. Just so She's you know. out of the show for 10 days with COVID, everybody. So, Bless her heart. Yeah. But somebody posted that they went to see her and how wonderful she was. Mm -hmm. but when, and, and in the same post, talking about how wonderful she was, they, um, I'm not, they tore the other actress down. Oh, over. whatever. And compared I said, her. They compared her. And the other yeah. actress is not even there anymore. What's the point? And I said, what's the point of tearing yeah. the other actress down? And I don't get this. But I want to, I'll share something with everyone. What's the because, point? Yeah. You know, the other, last week, our winner oh. was Anarine Barr. So Anarine oh. Barr is in town. And uh, she wanted to get a group of friends together on uh, Friday night for dinner. Right. And there was someone at um, the table that I have not had the greatest experience with in the past, I'll be honest with you. And, uh, as you know, we were all at a long table, so I'm sitting all the way at the end. And uh -huh. as the evening dwindled down, Danny and I and Anarine and this other person were the last four people there. We were literally at this restaurant until they said, uh, leave. And so I'm sitting with this person and she says, I have a minor bone to pick with you. And I said, okay. Who said this? This other person. That was okay, the other person you did not want to have an interaction with. Okay. And she said a few and years And of course she ago, had to, well, hang on, let's let's think, let's go back. Before you go there though. But she, had to, but she had to come to you anyway. You were staying away from her and she came to you anyway. No, I moved down to where we, we were all sitting, the four of us mm. were at the table. And she said, I have a bone I'd like to pick with you. Because a few years ago, I was promoting a show and you made a comment that hurt me. And, uh, and I want to know why you said it. And I said, if I said something that hurt you, it was not my intention. Maybe I was having a bad day. Maybe it came across the wrong way. But in any way, I apologize. And uh, if you want to hit me, slap me in the face. Oh, terrible. Don't do no, that. I but I said, I, no, but I said, to, she laughed when I said that. I said, but I just want to say, I'm sorry. What more can I say? I'm sorry that I said something that hurt you. I really am. And I really mean this. And she hugged me and she said, that means the world to me. We're having dinner on Thursday night. Okay. So here's the thing. When somebody says you hurt me, Here's the, there's so many layers to that statement. Did did you you know did one mean to hurt the other? I did not. Or not? Or not? And did the other person just react that way? 
we're responsible for our feelings. We're, we're responsible you know, for our feelings, but sometimes things get misconstrued in email. Yes, but things. that is, if things are misconstrued, you know, that does require a conversation. I do. I agree. I because agree. Because we are responsible for how we process what happens and we're responsible for our feelings. Now, I typically psychically know when somebody's out to hurt me. And typically, if someone is saying something and I psychically know that they're out to hurt me, I just completely ignore it. I don't let it allow it to hurt me. I throw it out the window, you know, and then some people just have no manners. <laughs> As you know, some people just have no manners and they just don't care who they hurt. And those are the other people that I let go. You know, I, let I told go. you, I mean, just this Thursday night and everyone, I'm not a saint, but I, someone who has been incredibly rude to me. Yes. Um, I called them on it. Okay. And, uh, and I said, you need to be told, I, I told him, I said, you are an ass and you need to be told this. And I'm telling oh. you, and I oh. moved on. Yes. And the response was, what was it for you? Willing to I moved on. You just moved on and then you didn't wait for the response. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. But this was somebody <laughs> when I went over to the table to say hello, he uh -huh. turned his back to me. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. Well, that just deserves a class I told you this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember now. Yeah. But I, you have to understand, and I'll uh -huh. share a story with you. And I'm, I've told this story before, and I'm sure I've told you this story, Kazira. Carol Channing said to me, sitting in the backseat of our car, you have to understand that for every person who likes you, there are an equal number who don't. There are people out there who are going to dislike you for a myriad of reasons. It could be something they heard about you. It could be something they read about you. It could be that you remind them of somebody that they once had a bad experience with. It could be, there are things that are completely out of your control. Um, that is on them. I, I mean, the three people that were sitting with him the other night when I had that experience came to me at the end of the evening and said it needed to be done, interestingly enough. And I said to one of them, this is his story, not mine. Because <laughs> I am, yes, she's there. I am this Richard. Let that go. It's let gone. It go. It's gone. <laughs> I've let it go. I've let it go. It's gone. It's gone. I'm keeping her handy for you just yes, in case we get to that moment. She will speak to she speaks. She speaks to me in and if you noticed, I brushed her hair. Yes, she looks great. You have the really same hair. Me. You have I the same hair tonight. I brushed her hair. Because you let her hair go. I'm not going to lie. You let it go. She was Yet in I, a box. She traveled in a box from New York to... <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Hello, Richard. Yeah, she wants to say hi. Yes, and, that's, and I buttoned her jacket. Yeah, okay. she'll, she'll, always, she'll always be with us. Now, the pin that she's wearing uh -huh. was a pin that Carol gave me that did not come with that jacket. Oh. Yes. I thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it had to be done. Had to, we, we yes. needed a laugh. We did. Yes, absolutely. We needed to laugh for a minute. Yes. You know, I, I, uh, uh, okay. So I'm not going to go into the details yet. I'm, I'm going to out myself. So I work in the medical field, and I deal with a lot of people that are on medication. A lot of them are on painkillers. You know, I don't know if you know, but I don't know if, if you know how many people in America are on oxycodone and anything else. I deal with these people every day. Many of them are angry. They want what I'm, I'm going to use the word want because this is what they use. They want what they want and they want it now. They want their drugs and they want them now. I deal with angry people every day that I work in my civilian medical job. 
and it's a lot. The energy is exhausting. We talked about, last week we talked about energy vampires. Mm -hmm. And a lot of you had something to say about the energy vampires, you know, in your environment. And they're real. They're real. People who are one-sided and demanding and angry have an agenda. They're not thinking about how they're affecting other people. They're not thinking about the energy they're giving off. They only know what they want and that they want it now. That's all they know, especially angry people, people uh, uh, addicted to being right, people who are addicted to winning, who are often angry. And I, I have had to, I had an exhausting day the other day with these people that, as you know, uh, affected me physically. It, it just, it, it just, it, it bombarded my immune system and I had to take a day off to take care of myself. If more of us would think about the feelings we're feeling and the energy we're giving off and how we're affecting other people, our, our planet would be uh, such, a, such a better place to live in. It would be so much more positive. And, or if we could have a conversation about it, you know, uh, one of my, <laughs> One of the people I work with dealt with a woman who was just unnerving. And this woman I work with is so nice and I love her. And I heard her say, you don't have to be so rude about it. Oh. And every, everybody went, what? And we heard her say it again, well, you don't have to be so rude about it. This is my coworker. And the woman kind of backed down and backed down and left. And, and then the other people that came in were just kind of laughing about it. Yet it's not funny. It's not funny. We have our own agenda. You know, I, we, yes, we all get in a line and we stand there and we huff and puff. Yet if we remember that we're all human beings and we're all in this together uh, and that we're all doing the best we can, I, I really believe we're all doing the best we can, most of us. Some people we may think aren't, yet maybe they are with what they have to work with and the people they're working with. Maybe we are all doing the best we can in the time frame that we have to do it. Um, I, I just, we're, we all, it just seems that the, so many of us have a one-sided agenda and we have tunnel vision. Got to get what we desire and require and we got to get it now. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Entitlement. Well, That's and, what I yeah. talk about. Entitlement. I told you. But it's also story. it's also selfish. It's let's face it, it's selfish. We're not thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. What's going on behind the counter? What's going on behind the desk? What's going on in the doctor's office? You know what? How many people are ahead of me? You know how many people have they seen today? You know what I'm saying? There people don't think about that. They just think about what they desire and require in that moment, and they must have it. Or they're going to make, make somebody's life a living hell. And we have all got to be, here's the thing. I use the word patience, but under underneath patience is compassion. What happened to our compassion for each other? What happened to that? With compassion comes patience and also becomes dialogue. You know, I'm saying, okay, Cherie says, I periodically help an 85-year-old woman where I live. Ten minutes on the phone with her asking the same question over and over. I need a nap. Well, guess what, Cherie? She probably has dementia. I deal with this. She probably doesn't remember that she asked you that question over and over and over again. Uh, you know, uh, and it, just saying, <laughs> I've had relatives like that. I have friends, older friends like that. Uh, that do that so do that question thing over and over again because they don't remember they asked you the question. Sometimes you just got to go outside and sit in a lawn chair with them and have a glass of tea and just watch the sunset, you know, and maybe not talk to them on the phone because they don't know. You know what are you going to say, Richard? A couple of years ago, I was doing a show. I, I was working with Julie Budd and uh, she was doing a show and we were backstage and she was sharing a dressing room with a very well-known actress singer. Mm -hmm. whose mother was towards the end of her life at the time. And uh, she was saying, you know, it was difficult at night because every night her mom would get dressed and mm -hmm. sit at the table 
waiting for her husband to come home who had died mm. years before. Oh. And she said that she would have to sit down and say, mommy's not coming home tonight. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, what's the harm in letting her believe that he's coming home? That gives her a hope. That gives her something to look forward to. Um, and perhaps on some level, perhaps she's experiencing something mm -hmm. that the rest of us are missing out on. Mm -hmm. And she got up and she again hugged me and said, Richard, I never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I've had experiences of dealing with people who have, mm -hmm. you know, dementia. I mean, people, I again, with everything, every aspect of our lives, we try to put people in the box that we want them to be in. Yes, exactly. And they are not in the box that we want to put them in. And again, if she wants to ask 10 times, allow her to ask it 11 times. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and may that be the lesson that we come away with tonight. Allow people to be outside the box that we want to put them in. I told you earlier, I went to buy a new pair of shoes uh, this week. Oh, the story. I like the story. Yes. Yeah. And I was with a very dear friend of mine uh, who went with me. We went early in the morning. She picked me up mm -hmm. and we went to the mall uh, and we got there before a lot of the stores had opened. Mm -hmm. And this store that it was a very specific store that I wanted for a very specific pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. And we got there and she looked it up and the store was scheduled to open at 11 a.m. You talk about words that you've eliminated. One of the words that I've eliminated. You want to hear? Go ahead. Supposed. Oh. The word supposed. I replaced that word with scheduled. It wasn't, so, if it was supposed to happen, it would have happened. That's what I Oh, did. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yes. So it was scheduled to open at 11 a.m. And she was like, this is not right that they are not open. At 11. This is not fair to their customers and everything. We were the only two people there waiting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she had to go to the ladies room, which was on a different floor. So while she was away at the ladies' room, the guy who came to open the store came mm -hmm. in and he apologized. He said, I am so sorry. The traffic was horrible getting here. Sure. And I said, I understand. It was fine. And I went in. Everything was great. I got mm -hmm. the shoes I wanted. I don't like to shop. So I said, do you have these in my size? And he did. And I got the shoes and I left. That was it. Uh, but she could have had an argument with him. If she had been there at that moment, mm -hmm. uh, we need to figure out what the story is. We've got a lot of comments here. I want to, yeah, I want to, can I read a couple? Yes. Okay. So Doug says, instead of telling people you made me mad, I always try to say what you did that made me mad. Doug, my take on that is you said, if we're talking to another person, you said this and did this. And my reaction was not that they made you mad. I reacted in this way. My reaction was anger because what I felt was blah, blah, blah from what you said. Okay. That's what the first thing I want to say. And then um, Cherie says to Doug, where are you, Cherie? Where are you, Cherie? Doug McAllister, I always explain to said person what they did or said that upset me. So hopefully they won't do it again. Well, that's controlling, Cherie. We're, we can't control what they're going to do in the future and what they're going to say and do with someone else. All we can say is, you said this or you did this, and this is how I reacted, and this is why. And we don't know if they're doing it on purpose. I know people that are shitty. Can I say shitty? You did. Just because, you just they're, did. Just because they're shitty. <laughs> I mean, you know, they just... They don't filter, you know, they just say what they want to say and they're not even thinking about it, you know. And then Aaron says, I think it's about empathy. We have all had bad days and we have all snapped and been uh, uh, short with people. If we can stop and see ourselves in someone else, have empathy. Yes, Cherie. I mean, yes, Aaron. And, you know, in, in, in lots of different phases, as, as well in Buddhism, we believe everyone, uh, uh, we believe everyone possesses Buddhahood. In, inside of every horrible, every person we think is horrible is a Buddha. And in Christianity, apparently everybody possesses Christ consciousness. 
-hmm. if you're if you're a Jesus Christ follower, you know, we all and but however, it's it's our ego, it's our ego mind and our psychology that gets in the way. We've talked about this before. We've talked about how oftentimes our ego mind is not on the same page as our higher consciousness or what people call a God mind or divine spirit or divinity. Oftentimes our ego mind is not on the same page. And Pam says, for instance, after 9-11, everyone thought we'd all be together and learn compassion didn't last. Well, I was one of those people that lived in Manhattan and worked in Manhattan when 9-11 happened. I write about it in the book. I no longer watch news about 9-11 on 9-11. I don't gotta watch it. I was fucking there, excuse my language. I was there on East 59th Street working in a showroom and lived on the Upper East Side. I don't need to watch that every year. I don't need to commemorate it. I already honored everybody that lost their lives. And I don't watch the newscasts about 9-11 anymore. Why? It was traumatic. And I was, uh, I and a lot of other people were diagnosed with PTSD and, and uh, GSD and anxiety or GAD after that occurrence, just so you know, Pam. So I don't I watch. Lost, I lost one of my very best friends that day. Oh, honey. And, uh, yes, on the second tower. And, uh, you know, it was very interesting. Uh, and I'll share a story with you. Uh, I was directing a show at the time. Uh, I had a friend, Linda Fields, who has since passed on. And she was doing a show uh, on 18th Street and 8th Avenue. Um, and you could still, the ash and everything, you could see it and feel it in the air. And she was doing this show that was scheduled to open Thursday night. And 9-11, of course, was on Tuesday. So the world is falling apart around us. And Linda, God bless her. Linda was, she marched to her own drumbeat. That's all I can say. So mm -hmm. three o'clock in the afternoon, as I am sitting, like the, the rest of the world, comatose almost, watching everything going on, not believing what was happening, mm -hmm. she called me up and she said, am I doing my show Thursday night? <laughs> and I said, Linda, that's up to you. Whatever you decide to do, I am going to be right by your side. If you decide that you want to do the show, that's fine. And if you decide that you don't want to do the show, that's fine too. But I'm not going to tell you what to do. Whatever you decide to do, I am there for you. And mm -hmm. the show, like I said, was called Bedazzled by Broadway. And it was all upbeat show tunes from the 1960s Broadway musicals. So oh, that's encouraging. Yes. So she decided that she was going to do the show. Mm -hmm. So I rewrote her opening monologue. So she came out, her opening song, everybody, and this was two days after 9-11. Mm -hmm. was on a wonderful day like today. And she came out and she hit the stage singing on a wonderful day like today. I said, just trust that you are making the right choice and the audience will go along with this. If you question it, the audience is going to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. So she hit the stage, she sang on a wonderful day like today, and then there was a bridge, and the music was playing, and she said, in the 1960s, when people went to the theater, they went to the theater to escape what was going on in the world. The Vietnam War was going on, music was changing, the drug culture was taking over, there were the Manson uh, uh, murders. Uh, there oh, were God, the list just goes on. The list goes everything. on and on and on. Wow. When you went to the theater, the curtain went up, the overture began, and people escaped. That's my goal tonight. Yes. The yes. audience was on its feet. And she mm -hmm. had the audience right there. And that is what is healing. And this takes us to what Anna Reen said last week, replacing anger with music and a substitute. We can do that. Uh, here comes Carol again. Um, we can do that. Though. This was my goal, Richard. <laughs> it was my goal, Richard. It was just to make people happy. Yeah. Yes. No matter what went on, you know, I toured with her for two years. No matter what went on, Carol went on stage. That's right. She went on stage with a freaking broken arm and a sling. 
for like a month or six weeks or something. Yes. Mm -hmm. But Jean, uh, Larry and Jean, and I'll share this story with everyone. Um, Jean uh, and Larry had been together at that time. Uh, uh, Same-sex marriage was not legal in New York. Mm -hmm. So they were not legally wed, but they had been together 35 years. And this is why everyone... Uh, that being able to be married is important for anyone. I don't care, you know, uh, what side you're on. Gene and Larry had been together 35 years. Uh, on 9-11, Gene uh, called Larry and said, um, we're, I'm in the second tower. Uh, we've been told to sit at our seats that it's the other tower, we are fine. And that was the last call. Mm. And after Linda's show, we all went and held a vigil. Larry was convinced that Gene was coming home. And so mm. everybody was convinced that he was gonna come back that night. Mm -hmm. Even though they had been together 35 years, um, they looked for the next of kin for Gene. And they mm -hmm. found Gene's father in North Carolina who had left Gene and his mom when Gene was nine years old. And any money, that insurance money, anything went to his father instead of Larry. There's a very well-known lawsuit because Larry sued the company. And he, I don't know if he won or they prevailed, but that was one of those thousands of stories that came out of 9-11. Mm -hmm. And there are many stories that many people, I mean, we know what the news presented over and over and over again. Last mm -hmm. night I was watching the news and we hear these stories. And there are a lot of people that, in there, you know, and that's another story also, um, as you said, uh, in your own style, Kassira, we lived it. We were there. I was mm -hmm. here in New York. We, I know what it was like. Uh, I was uh, in New where did, York. Where, where, where did you live then? Well, I live I, in the same place I live now. I'm in Rockland oh, County. In, oh, and uh, uh, north of the city. Yeah. Danny okay. called me. He was on his way to okay. a meeting. And mm -hmm. uh, he, traffic was so bad. He was on the Jersey side. Mm -hmm. And he was going downtown. And uh, he saw the plane hit the tower the first hour, and he called me to see if I was watching the news. And mm -hmm. like everybody else, we all thought it was an accident. Yeah, I, I saw it too. Yeah. and Yeah, uh, so we know, don't have to talk, we don't have to tell the rest of the story. We anymore. don't need to tell the rest of the story. No, we don't everybody. have to. Um, yet, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get so, it. Um, but I want you to talk for a moment, and I chose this word for a reason, because mm -hmm. recognition is the word I chose for tonight. Because I think everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. Everybody wants to be recognized. And because a lot of people don't feel recognized or the, get the recognition that they feel that they deserve, that's another charge for anger. So if you want to talk well, about- Well, I, you know, I learned through Buddhism that being recognized by other people isn't as important as being recognized by higher consciousness in the universe. And uh, I, I trust me, I have been there many, 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 many times where I thought, well, they don't understand what I contribute. They don't understand my talent. They're not, you know, blah, 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 blah. well, it's, it's really not, it's really not up to other people. It's up to me to recognize my uh, accomplishments, my, uh, my hurdles, because I'm really only, I knew what they are. And my higher consciousness and, and it shows me in many ways that higher consciousness recognizes my uh my hurdles uh my former struggles my wins my accomplishments and most of all my evolution you know we we all many of us evolve and people don't recognize it that's not their job it's our job to recognize our own evolution that's it period if somebody else says, oh, wow, you've come a long way, that's a bonus gift. That's a bonus, you know? And whatever we believe in, uh, 
whether it's God, a goddess, you know, a higher consciousness, divine spirit, the divine, Yahweh, whatever you call it, it's our own relationship with that as well that it only matters. It doesn't matter if nobody else is recognizing what you've done. We know what we've done. I know what I've accomplished. I know what I've been through. You know, Richard, what you've accomplished and what you've been through. So it's it's really important for us to recognize our own contributions and our own struggles and our own accomplishments and our own evolution. Did you see what I sent you through Twitter this morning? Uh, I don't remember. You sent well, me a bunch of stuff today. Well, well go, to your, <laughs> go to your Twitter account. I also sent it to Tess. I hope you saw it. Uh, and it was from David Bowie. And oh, I love David Bowie. Best, and it was about art. And I'm going to share this with everybody. Okay. Uh, and if I can find a way to share this, because it was on Twitter. Um, he said, as artist, and everybody is an artist. Uh, whatever you do, you are an artist. Yeah. Um, do what you do because it makes you happy. Find what it is within your soul that you desire to create. And mm -hmm. let that be your main goal. Um, he said that anytime you're compromising what you're doing to change that for others, um, then you are really getting off your path in terms of celebrating that. And that also will cause anger. So I shared that with you this morning. So I didn't, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get it, but I'll, I'll look for it. Yes. For so it. I want to do a, uh, say a couple of things about our sponsors and about next week's mm -hmm. show. And then uh, we'll do our giveaway. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to say a few closing remarks. And then of course you will have the final uh, closing remarks tonight. First of all, next week we will be back. Our show is called letting go of saying yes. 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 Uh, which all of us do. And or um, no, yes. Once again, Kurt Peterson in his memoir concert, Proud Ladies. Thank you, Kurt Peterson, uh, for sponsoring uh, tonight's show. Uh, everyone, if you are going to be in New York on October 10th, uh, I will be there. Uh, so uh, please, uh, if you're able to be there, uh, please do so. Also, uh, Aaron Caleb, thank you for sponsoring tonight. And also, oh, and, all, uh, and on October 9th, my friend Aaron Graylor from uh, LA is going to join us. He's my one of my very, very, very best friends of uh, over 30 years. Uh, but we are going to do an early show uh, and at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, New uh, York time, uh, mm -hmm. New York time, so that I can attend Deborah Stone's show. Fabulous. Evening. Fabulous. Uh, and that is a full moon day. Uh, Thank so, you. Yeah, uh, that's why we're doing the show. Uh, the the moon is my ruling show. planet. And uh, Aaron is what I call a, uh, he, he runs a doctor's office in Beverly Hills, a, a really demanding position that he has totally accepted. We're going to talk about uh, on October 9th, what's going on with the collective consciousness of human beings on the planet on that day. We do, Aaron and I do this a lot. We do it at night. We do it several times a, a, a week at night. Uh, he'll, we'll do some astrology. We'll look at the planets. We'll, we'll look at, uh, we'll pull some, some divine cards and we'll talk about the trend of human beings at the, at the moment. So we're going to do that on October 9th. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be really different for this show. Yet it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, and Tess uh, just said she just learned how to say no at 62 years old. Oh, Tess, I want to say, uh, as they say in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, remember on your wedding night, uh, uh, you know, I have a friend uh, and she, uh, when her kids went to college, mm -hmm. she said, remember, yes, sometimes means no. So, uh, so anyway, we're going to do a giveaway right now. Thank you all for being here tonight. And let's see who our winner is. If you um, are the winner tonight, let's see who our winner is going to be. Uh, Cherie Callahan. Cherie! wins again. So Cherie, uh, reach out to me later and we'll decide what your winning gift is going to be. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you. I'm going to remove this. And uh, so, Kasira, recognition, I recognize you. I thank you. Thank uh, you, my love. 
for the gifts that you bring to the table. I'm going to give us a close up here. I love my so, Richard. Yes, I love you too. I love you more. So thank you. I don't, all I don't know. Do you love me more? I'm not sure. I'm not sure you do. Okay. okay. So I want to thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is Sunday, which means that when I step off of this, I've got some tweaks to do on the Skipper's Guide, which is my mm -hmm. newsletter. It will go out at midnight tonight, and it's a guideline of all of the shows. that. And I've got some amazing people coming up this week. Mm -hmm. If you want to know who's coming up for the rest of the week and some very special things that I put in there, uh, you can go to richardskipper.com and sign up for the newsletter. Also, if you are interested in sponsoring our show and you would like to get involved there, uh, go to our sponsorship page and see how you can get involved with that as well. That's, um, Richard's, that's Richard's page. Yes. Go to his uh, sponsorship yes. page. Uh, and yes. I also want to let you all know uh, that um, word of mouth is the best advertising in the world. We yes. can have uh, we can have a hundred sponsors and recommendations. Yes. And recommendations. But you going out and talking about this show is absolutely the best. So after tonight's show, please leave a comment on YouTube, share this with your friends, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and just spread the wealth. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else mm -hmm. without uh, expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach mm -hmm. out to the eighth name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And especially on a Sunday night, it's important to do that. And let yeah. that person know what they mean to you in your life. Uh, because as my dear friend Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. But I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper and a diva alone. So I'm going to leave the screen right now. And Kasiri, you've got the final word right now. And everybody, make it a better tomorrow. It's in your hands. And if anything's bothering you, let that go. Kasiri, it's yours. Thank you. Thank you, darling. I love you. I love you. I love you. So first of all, thank you guys for letting me be myself with my my pierced nose and my, you know, what's called, uh, what's my look called now? It's called glamour grunge or something. I don't feel like grungy. I feel goddessy. Anyway, thank you, Richard. You're, I, God, I love my Richard so much. We have the most amazing conversations, uh, <coughs> which I shall not <coughs> divulge. <coughs> we talk about personal stuff together. We work, yeah, we work things out together which is so beautiful because how many people do we know that do that? Right. Uh, and I just adore him. Um, please everybody 